Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. So today we're continuing our theme, speaking about Psalm 23. And when I first started reading through Psalm 23 and just waiting on the Lord and reading it through in multiple different um, translations to try to get the heart of it, um, the phrase that came to me actually to title the word was a life of bliss. Because it speaks about someone who has an intimate relationship with God, not a far off distant relationship. And as we discovered uh, last week when we started speaking about this, the Lord is my shepherd can really be translated to understand God our friend, the Lord our friend, our companion. And that's how David saw the Lord, as a constant companion. Through the good times, through the bad times, going through the valley of the shadow of death, And even as he's writing, he can see through that valley and knowing that on the other side, God has already prepared a table for him, a banqueting table, even in the presence of his enemies. And that is a a life of bliss, knowing that God is our constant companion. He's already made provision for us. His blessing and favor are upon us. He already knows what's around the twists and turns in the corners of our life and already made provision for us on the other side. Amen. So last time we got as far as uh, verse 1, but I did warn you in the beginning we probably wouldn't get further. But before we get into today, I thought I'd just read through the whole psalm again. And uh, I challenged you or encouraged you to commit this whole psalm to memory. It's only six verses. You can do it. (laughs) How many of you have taken up the challenge or have done so in the past? Wonderful. Okay, I see one or two hands. And that's exciting because that means a lot of you are still going to enjoy the exciting uh, challenge of doing that. So don't wait. Go ahead and commit the psalm to memory. So I'm going to read for you from the NIV. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So my mom and I were talking uh, during the course of the week after I had uh, been sharing around the psalm, and um, she reminded me that uh, her father loved the psalm and it was one of his favorite psalms and he was a remarkable man as a young man he uh, went into the air force and he served in the air force in the second world war 
And um, during that time, he crashed planes into the sea as they were shot down by uh, enemies. And, um, and as planes had uh, problems, he survived those crashes. He floated on a rubber dinghy in the middle of the Mediterranean Ocean uh, for seven days, uh, together with his crew who survived with him. And the Lord spoke to him very clearly at that time, and he, he said to my granddad, on the seventh day, you will be rescued. And um, on the seventh day, out of nowhere, a submarine rose through the waters alongside their dinghy, and uh, took them on board, rescued them. Unfortunately, it was a German submarine. And uh, so they were captured and they were taken as uh, prisoners of war. He survived through prison, the German prison of war camps. And um, many of you have probably heard about the Great Escape where they dug a tunnel, you know, from their living quarters underground, under the fence on the other side. He was one of the guys who dug that tunnel. So a remarkable man who saw, um, he had an incredible blessed family, uh, but he saw tremendous hard times as well. And uh, my mom always said that this psalm was like a hallmark of his life. It saw him through the good times and through the bad, and he, he loved it. It was so precious to him. And in a way, it's kind of like a legacy that he's passed down. So, yeah, for me too, the psalm has been uh, very precious. And I have recited this psalm in my head and under my breath many, many times in the darkness of the night when everyone is sleeping. And those thoughts come to begin to nag at you. Anyone here had that before? <laughs> and this psalm has been there for me and really steadied me in those times and just stilled my mind, quietened the voice of the enemy, focused my spirit on the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the promises of God, and given me the strength that I needed. So... Let's carry on where we left off. Um, we spoke about the first verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I want to speak today about the next part, verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And... I guess when we read this verse, it's easy to have in mind uh, a picture of this lush meadow. Maybe with some lovely green trees on the fringe of the meadow and the sound of birds tweeting in the air and maybe a soft breeze blowing across the grass. And at the bottom of a meadow, a beautiful babbling brook or a still stream flowing by. But how does that translate into our everyday ordinary lives? Because <laughs> we'd all love to visit that amazing place, but we can't, for most of us, we're not going to get to live in that place every day, right? <laughs> so I believe the Lord is speaking to us about a place of rest, about a place of His provision, about the place of His restoration, about um, knowing God's peace. And when we speak about rest, I'm sure that we all go, yes, I'd love more rest. But, you know, if we look at uh, the business of our lives and the world around us, which seems to 
be going faster and faster. Sometimes I'm convinced we think we can actually do it all without proper rest. And I'm going to define what I mean by that because I'm not telling you to sleep more. <laughs> Although good sleep is great, right? I think as believers sometimes we forget and we don't actually know how to rest properly in God. Sometimes it's easy to buy into the lie. If I can just, then I'll be rested. What is that for you? Well, I put together a few funny ones that you can laugh at together with me. If I can just get enough time in front of the TV, I'll be restored and rested. Especially if you're in a family, right? And everyone else is trying to watch you and you want to watch your show. <laughs> can be tough. <laughs> if I can just furnish my cyber house, plow my cyber fields, pop enough cyber bubbles or jewels, earn enough coins, scroll through another hundred posts on Insta or Facebook. It's easy to fill our lives with meaningless things. Things that can be a distraction. And yes, they may be a distraction from our everyday responsibilities and problems, but actually they do not provide true rest. Do you know that if we are constantly worn out, we cannot give of our best to God or even each other? Get up, go, 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 collapse in bed, wake up and do it all again. Theme seems to be the theme for many of us. But weariness steals your creativity, your joy and your mojo. So what is the lesson for us here? And I believe the lesson is we have to find our rest in God. And actually, if you look at the sequence of this verse, that he, he makes, us to lie in, makes us to lie down in green pastures and leads us. I want you to notice something over here. That the leading comes after we become still before God. Do you know it's very hard to hear God when our minds and our lives are filled with so much activity and so much busyness and even the anxieties and responsibilities of life. We have to find rest in God before we can be effectively led by God. And you know, I, that thought came to me and I started writing it out. I thought, I know some people are going to hear me say that and go to, Brett, where's your faith? You mean you can only hear God when you're like, you know, in a place of rest? And I thought, well, okay, uh, maybe. I mean, I know we can hear God on the road as well of life. And, but then I thought, you know what, is there a scriptural basis for this? And so I started thinking about men and women of God, of faith, you know, throughout the Bible and even Jesus' own example. And I thought, actually, you know, there is a scriptural basis for drawing aside to wait on God, to hear from God that prepares us for the path ahead. And yes, while I believe we can hear God on the, in the busyness of life as well, 
if we want to hear God deeply and hear those words that are significant to our life, that impart meaning and purpose and that give us that rest and restoration that we need for life, then those times are critically important for our lives. So yes, I believe this principle is very evident in Scripture. And likewise, I thought about the people that don't see this. What does it look like for them? And a Scripture passage came to mind, which I'm going to read for you, that I believe gives us a real insight into this. Mark chapter 4 and from verse 13. But as I read this passage, I want you to look out for a couple of things. Those that are easily distracted are easily sidelined. Those that lose their focus easily forget what's most important. Those that get caught up in the busyness of life become trapped on the hamster wheel of life. So let's read this passage together. Then Jesus said to them, and now he's talking to his disciples and explaining the parable he's just given. Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. And I'd like to suggest to you, we'd all like to be one of those mentioned at the end of the passage that produced that crop 30, 60, or 100 fold. But they did it because they had good soil in their hearts. Their hearts were open and receptive and ready to receive the word of God. And I'd like to suggest to you that they were the men and women who had taken the time to wait on God and to prepare their hearts. So when God spoke, they were ready. Do you see how in the passage those who quickly were distracted and lost their focus fell by the wayside? I'd like to change text slightly and give you some practical examples of how this plays out even in our everyday ordinary lives. Do you know that the one common fact for anyone who's mastered a skill, a sports or a profession do you know what the one common fact is amongst all of them? They were able to exclude 99% of the other stuff and focus on the one thing where they desired mastery. They were able to exclude 99% of the other things. 
They realized those other things were a distraction while they were developing their craft or their skill or their business. They chose focus. And that didn't happen by accident. A famous quote by Gary Player, who did very well in the sport of golf, is that he said, it's amazing how the more I practice, the luckier I become. <laughs> it pays to learn the discipline of setting aside the other things that are a distraction for us in our lives and focusing on that which really matters. Gary learned the value of focus. And as believers, we have to learn to regularly turn down the volume knob of the world, the noise of the world, down to zero, so that we can hear God. I want to say something else about the green pastures that it speaks about in this verse. As I was thinking about it, I thought, I don't believe that that place is a place of absent-minded bliss. I believe that place represents a place in God that we can learn to find wherever we are, whatever we're doing, in order to quieten the maddening noise of the world and draw aside to a place where we can hear God, find rest, and be restored. And some of you, as you're hearing me speak about rest, you're probably going, yeah, Brett, I'll do that when? When I've just, I finished these exams, I finished this deal, I finished this term, at the end of the year, maybe next year. There's always some time in the future. But we need to prioritize finding this place of rest in God regularly, frequently, Diligently, it needs to be our highest priority. Do you know that God doesn't want us living on reserve? He wants us to live out of a place of fullness. And when we set time aside to hear God, to seek Him, it fills us up in our inner man. Even in our relationships, it's important to set time aside. As married couples, it's important to set time aside together, to do the things that we did when we were first engaged. My wife reminded me of this the other day. <laughs> As believers, we are reminded in the Word to rekindle our first love, to put our time and focus on God. I'm going to end with this verse from John 4, 13. Jesus answered, Whoever drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You see, the world has always got a special offer, a special deal. If you'll just come to our spa, if you'll just come to our hotel, 
If you'll just sleep on our bed. If you'll just watch this TV series. <laughs> if you'll just come to our coffee shop. And the list goes on and on. The world's got many things. If you drink this, you'll be satisfied. Jesus said, whoever drinks this will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It's what God gives us that truly satisfies, that causes us to be rested and restored. I thought of a funny story as I was thinking about this principle. Because especially when you reach the time in life where you become parents, and especially when you have little children, it's easy to feel like you're never rested and you can never get enough rest. You know, and maybe sleep is really the answer. <laughs> but I remember a blessed time in my life some years ago, before I was married, we moved to a little coastal town called Jeffreys Bay. My brother and I discovered the wonderful world of surfing. And let me say to all who are listening, that as a pastor, the last thing I want to do is to make you jealous. So that is certainly not what I'm intending to do right now. <laughs> but my dad built this magnificent house right on the beachfront, overlooking this amazing surf spot. And far be it for my brother and I to squander such an incredible opportunity. <laughs> and so as we got into the water more and more frequently and our skills progressed a little bit more and a little bit more, we discovered that in the summer months, we loved nothing better than waking up, walking to the sliding doors in our bedrooms, looking straight out onto the surf. And before the sun even came up over the horizon, we were already in our wetsuits and paddling out on our boards into the surf. And there we sat on the back line with what we call glassy waters. And the sun slowly started coming up over the horizon. Those were good times. But do you know that not even that can compare to the rest we find in God. There may be times where you wake up in the middle of the night feeling tired, feeling dragged down by life's responsibilities. Do you know that you can shrug that off and even in the middle of that, God has a banqueting table prepared for you and you can find rest for your soul. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you're going through, God has already seen it in advance and He's made provision for you. His protection is there for you. He's got a word to revive you and restore you and give you life. I'd like to encourage you to take time out to wait on God and to hear from God. And what that looks like, let me warn you, may be different from time to time. It's not always going to look the same thing. Many years ago, when my wife and I were facing some serious challenges in our business, and it felt like we'd hit a bit of a glass ceiling, we decided in our hearts to set 21 days aside to fast and to pray and to wait on God. And we did that and we chose to switch off the TV as well. And for 21 days we spent quality time together praying and seeking God. 
never having done it before, I kept waiting and expecting for this one great moment to appear when I'd have the significant word, the significant moment that would change my life completely. And I'd felt like I had the breakthrough that I'd been longing for. But although we did have many special times together, we actually never had that one moment that I was the standout mountaintop type moment. I was like, that was it. And we celebrated our time at the end when we broke our fast and we thanked the Lord. And as I was thinking about it, I felt the Lord say to me, stay in faith. Who was it that stirred up in your heart to do this? And I really did feel it was the Lord that had told me to do it. And I decided in that moment to continue in my faith and to continue with that spirit of expectation. And it was not long after that, that God gave me a significant business idea that completely changed our lives and has made provision for our family. <laughs> what that place of waiting and rest looks like is different at different times in our lives. But we have to be obedient when we hear God's voice calling us to set time aside, to put aside the other distractions and to wait on Him. And then to learn to remain in that place of expectation, trusting God. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's Word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend?